I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wood inside. Welcome to another edition of the MMA Podcast. We got a special for you, or a special one for you, folks. Great start by me. Boom. Uh, I'm, I'm intimidated because we have the host of a real podcast on this week. Okay. Yeah. The the legend, the the top Haligonian in Canadian MMA or MMA anywhere, I suppose. Host of the Dogger Pass podcast, formerly host of Bookie Beatdown, same podcast, um, paid by different people, I guess, <laughs> uh, and uh, just uh, just all around high level contributor to the planet through his tree planting efforts. Hey, there the, it is. The Shut Mayo up. Empire through I don't know mayonnaise and stuff, and excellent, excellent man. Even though he likes his beer with a side of foot fungus, Paul Shag. Paul, how you doing? Well, Paul Shaughnessy, but it's Paul. I'm Shag. not. I'm not used to all that that praise. Usually, I just come in. I'm second fiddle to Cody. Cody is the god. I'm kind of just the walking math, but I really appreciate it. I didn't really understand foot fungus uh, reference there with the it's the beer. the shoeies with oh, the. Yes. the, uh, the my, foot my, fungus. my shoes are pretty clean. Not that old. That old boot though. I threw that shit. I, Somebody said I should have put that up on like eBay and somebody would have bought it. And like, I, I wouldn't want to be held liable for what would happen to them. Should have put it up in the studio on like, as a platform. I had that boo for like 10 years. It was, uh, there was salt stains all over. Like, yeah, I should never have been taking chewies out of that thing, but I did. I, I don't do a lot of the, the YouTube watching as, as the folks know, and as I always very poorly promote our own podcast. Uh, but some of those episodes where you were describing that boot and, and doing the shoeies out of it, uh, I had to tune in just to see what kind of debauchery you were getting up to. You know what? The the people love shoeies, and there's, there is a certain contingent of people who are like, man, that's disgusting, yada, yada, yada. But, like, there's nothing that gets more promotion, that gets, like, if we have a clip of a shoey as promotion for the show, you're pretty much just guaranteeing another like thousand uh, views like people want to see the shoeies especially if you can like do a nice little tease for the interwebs to get them to click to see the whole damn thing it's um yeah i didn't really going to sports media college (laughs) i don't think this is what they had in mind but uh you know we all find our different paths along the way you're on tv now I have literally seen I you guys on TV, on TV. years ago. It's a pretty long time. Yeah, you guys were on Fight Network, right? Yeah, yeah we were on Fight. I used to work for yeah. Fight Network, and like Game, I actually got fired from Fight Network. Game Plus is owned by the same people as Fight Network, and now I'm back on the network. We used to work as lowly editors. They had the show for free, and uh, it's funny how the world works. But yeah, the show is always. I mean, yeah, we we were on TV, then we're off TV, now we're back on TV. We're the same old people, though. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, you guys have, have been around the block, and uh, both of you, uh, I, I chat more with you than I do with Cody, but uh, excellent people that 
Yeah, Cody's Cody doesn't really spend too much time on the interwebs. He's you know, he's got his whole horse horsing game and all of that stuff to tend to. And I, you know, that kid's up early in the morning, like shoveling shit. So he's a grinder in his own right. Is he is he actually shoveling shit or does he have Dude, the, he's uh, like the old down iPad in the stables, out there? Like, and... I see pictures. <laughs> we have like the Dogger Pass racing family shouts to our uh, to our little group there on Twitter. And uh, yeah, he'll post stuff of like him at like eight o'clock in the morning, like cracker or seven o'clock in the morning, like crack of dawn. And he's down in the stables putting in work. Like he's uh embracing he's a man of, of many, uh, many talents for sure. Beautiful. Well, Cody gets enough praise. He does. We're here for, for the talent behind the dog or pass podcast, which is you. Uh, so we're glad you're here with us. And uh, before we get into this week's card, we'll do a little recap of last week's card. Before we do that, Sean, how you doing? I'm good, man. You've been coming with some uh, some heaters on these uh, on these guest intros. Uh, you only get it once, so so don't expect to get anything yeah. like that if uh, if you come on again, Paul. But uh, at least you got you got to enjoy the the fresh one. Can I ask a question? Am sure. I only on the show because there's college basketball on TV? No, man. is that why? Is that why West and, and Lance dropped out? Because I'm I got March Madness on on the TV behind here. <laughs> I don't think West wants to watch any college basketball because ah, he he had a rough rough. What was that last Thursday? When was that? Uh, it was it a was it was a tough day. Very much Thursday. For, yeah, for Opening the for the, the Sodsman. I wish I could love anything as much as the Sodsman loves Kentucky basketball. Yeah, I guess Francis Ngannou and Habib probably no, no, no. Bucket for me. Kentucky's uh, Kentucky's way above that for Wes. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a, it's about it's it's a way of life, man. It's a way of life, exactly. Yeah. and at least you know with Khabib and and the Hog that those dudes aren't listen or aren't losing to the equivalent of St. Peter's uh, in in the MMA sphere. So you're good. <laughs> tough go, very tough go. Very tough go for. They'll be back next year with. They're always like back. more kids from high school that won't attend classes and will just play basketball <laughs> for a year and then go off to the pros. It's a, that it's is the plus play. side. That's the plus side of of backing a, a team like that. Like you're gonna have heartbreak, yeah. and then literally the next year you're gonna be a contender again. It's it's not like some professional sports when you actually have carryover and shit like that where you can just be a shit team for. For years. Yeah, it's like I've been a Leafs fan my entire life. We're never winning anything. Even if we're good, we're going to choke in the playoffs. This is just, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, the NFL. It's just like, we're cursed. Things are going to go poorly. There is no other way around it. It's never going to get any better. You just kind of, you know, you just kind of accept facts as facts. My my poor nephew, I bought him a Josh Allen jersey. Kid was mortified. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> this this now, year's play, this year's playoffs, how how they got eliminated. I'm just like, you know, this was a rite of passage. Now you understand the pain of being a Bills fan. We'll be back this year though for another Dude. another round of disappointment. Hey, I know. A, I don't even want to say it's a deeper despair than that, but a Detroit Lions fan over here. So. Oh, I mean, that's, we don't even get our hopes yeah. up, so it's kind of all right. Uh, and then people leave and win the Super Bowl, so good for them. Yeah, that's Lions, man. That's that's just bad. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been a fan of a team that bad. 
Are we are we cashing these uh, these uh, McDavid heart tickets or what? I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. Yeah, you know, it's, it's clientele are about to be in shambles if uh, <laughs> if this doesn't come through. He's he's trying. He's trying he his best, man. He's like one of his he's, tweets. He he always the last like twenty games of the year he just catches fire. Like I, mm-hmm. I guess he's just like okay now I I need to give it my all. And uh, I mean he's had multi point nights in like four of the last five games or some shit. So he's given it his best. Uh, Oilers need to win as well, and he needs to get a shit ton of points. And those both are looking all right. So. Yeah, they're turning uh, the corner right now. After yeah. like it was looking real grim, like a month. real bad, real bad, real grim. Yeah, but now uh, now you got uh, Vander Kane, everyone's yeah, favorite just, player in the NHL. Everybody's just like, favorite like, piece of shit. Game. Guy is a hit machine, absolute stud. Yeah, you just don't want him on your team for more than two years because bad shit starts to happen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can you even get in trouble in Edmonton though? Like, what is there to do? There's not much. Beat man. somebody up, it's going to be in another city. I broke my toe at the West Edmonton Mall one time on the I, on the water on the water on the water side. side. Yeah, <laughs> after a full season of tree planting, I tried to swing myself into like the really, the really, really like acute yeah. angle skyscraper, and there was like a little nub, and my toe got caught in the nub, and the entire way down is the water smashing against my foot, just like ah. <laughs> Uh, he looks like uh, John Jones at one Chelsea water slide, broken toe, out of commission. Love it. It Love happens. It. Happens yeah. to the best of us. Aye. All right, run through uh, our England card, UFC London, very very quickly, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. And of course, you know we got to. Uh, we'll we'll end with the main event. Uh, but kicking it off, Mohammed is not a Mukayev. He's a Mokayev. <laughs> um, damn, that was. That was impressive. Uh, I I thought Durden was going to have some success early, and then he you know dig it out with cardio and wrestling and all that, but just absolutely smoked Cody Durden, which you love to see it. Sean, yeah, I I did not expect him to make it this easy this easy, but he did. Uh, so I don't know if that's more of of how good he could be or how shitty Cody Durden is. Paul, anything Maybe on both. this one? Yeah, I bet on Cody Durden, and I felt like a Mukayev um, <laughs> afterwards. That was embarrassing. Um, I mean, I watched a bunch of the tape on Mukayev coming into it. I wasn't all that impressed, but he's 21 years old, so you're like, I mean, the talent is there. It's just whether he's able to bring it to the big show on his first. And, yeah, the, the kid did not disappoint. Won't be making a habit of fading that kid. Taking Durden early in the week, like when we're living in the chalk chasing era, was all ultra Mookie of me. Just had a bad line, knew it was going to be bad. Uh, shouts to the kid. I'll, I'll be, uh, I mean, he's probably going to be like minus 500 every single fight now. So it's going to be tough, but got to yeah, find the spot. Good. He's only like he's 21 years or he's maybe just turned 22. He's going to be good in a few years. Like, He's not like the next Sage Northcutt, I'll put it that way. Does not look like that whatsoever. Next fight, uh, Elise Reed wins a split decision. I don't necessarily know how that was a split decision, but um, I, I had some some wacky parlays that McKenna absolutely blew up, just like the rest of the world did in this spot. Um, man, maybe, maybe don't trust... Uh, 
all 21 year old fighters when it comes to uh, this MMA stuff. So that was a rough one. Paul, I, I forget that you don't, you don't get to do like the whole recap thing because Never, Cody no. does his own recap show and then you guys just like hop right into the current week. So uh, I did a little off with this stuff. Yeah, I did a little recap at the beginning of this week's show because I got reverse swept last week. So I was like, you know, hmm. Cody has like an hour to break these things down. I took like a minute to talk about. Yeah, I mean, betting women's MMA chalk is never a great idea. Betting 22-year-old women's MMA chalk compounds that to pretty idiotic. And then trusting trusting Danny Castillo and the uh, and Team Alpha Fail to implement the proper game plan is like, just, just hang me. Like it was so bad. Um, I, shooting for that takedown at the end of round two. It was just like, <laughs> you've already lost this round. There's 10 seconds left. Like, the time to shoot for that takedown was three minutes ago. Um, the, the entire game plan should have been takedown, 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 takedown. You're taking on, like, did you watch tape? Did you watch the Jara Eubanks absolute, absolutely dominate this girl? Eubanks is strong. She's big, but like that was that's how you win this fight. You watch any tape on Elise Reed, it was don't just kickbox because that's all she can really do. Um, the takedowns weren't as easy for McKenna. I don't think as she thought they were going to be, but the timing of them was just horrible. Um, learned my lesson. Yeah, Women's I think MMA I watched more tape. Uh, is not parlay worthy anymore. <laughs> No, I, I think I watched more tape. Or low level. I actually have, I have a parlay on this week. Yeah, <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn my lesson. Yeah, a lot of, lot of red flags that I obviously I had no money on Reed, but in hindsight, there's a, a, a decent amount of red flags there. So uh, I guess shame on all of us for not cashing on Reed <laughs> or trying to anyway. Pretty much. Uh, Jack Shore, unanimous decision over Timur Valiev. This was a very good fight. I didn't understand why it was quite as low on the card as it was, but that was kind of a theme here. Um, Shore's striking looked much better than I anticipated, and Valiev's wrestling, which he doesn't better. necessarily use a ton, looked very good as well. So this was kind of a bizarro world to me, but luckily got there in the end. Yeah, I, I took a shot on Valiev, um, and I thought, I thought, you know, there's a reason why we haven't seen too many people take down Timur Valiev because his takedown defense is super, super solid. Training with like Saeed Nurmagomedov and and some other guys in New York like Frankie Edgar and all those guys. I'm like he's seen all of these looks before. My biggest problem was that I completely underestimated Jack Shore's striking. Um, kid was legit. He was, you know. One of those spots you you haven't seen it on tape, so you so you take your chances. But yeah, sure impressed me. If he's got that type of striking, that type of cardio, and decent power, yeah, he's he's someone to watch out for moving forward. John, yeah, not much to add. Same, I was same kind of thoughts as you, Brad. Uh, underestimated value of a bit, and and then got surprised by sure striking. Uh, you, you take those when you can get them. Absolutely. We need the, the bounces every once in a while. Yeah. Heavyweight division. Uh, this was a, a relatively quick one. I, I was tempted, but I didn't end up pulling the trigger on, on Sharif here. Uh, and a uh, good thing because Pavlovich, once he found the chin, um, looked uh, 
kind of how he was expected to look. Paul? Yeah, this guy is, uh, you know, he's obviously been working, taking his vitamins in the last two years when we hadn't seen him. Pavlovich is going to be a first round problem for anybody. And honestly, even at the end of that first round, like the cardio didn't look bad at all. He's, yeah. uh, you know, heavyweights. He's got like another 10 years that he can fight in the UFC because heavyweights fight until they're 40 pretty much. So somebody to look out for for the next like three or four years, maybe. I don't know if he's ever going to win a title, but I was pretty impressed uh, from everything that I saw from him. And apparently he can wrestle too. Like he's with like Eagles MMA. Um, he doesn't like to wrestle. He likes smashing dudes' heads. But um, if he can stop a takedown on top of that, he's going to be a dangerous guy in the heavyweight division for years to come. Sure. A uh, bit of a weird fight to start just because they're kind of both counter-strikers and they've trained together. But, uh, yeah, Sharif is is 42 going on 63, and <laughs> he is just very, very bad. So that was uh, I had a decent-sized bet on Pavlovich and – Worked out. In the MMA is a cruel fucking mistress fight of the nights. Mike Grundy comes out. <laughs> we hear all about his terminally ill father. We see everybody crying at cage side. Uh, and then he shoots into uh, a guillotine that Samir Khani switches off to the anaconda. And whew, that, uh, that one stings. Um, Sean, I know you made some money. Kind of hard to to cheer for that win after all Watch of the, the narrative in this one, but um, uh, Amir Khan can do that. He's got those front headlocks. So, man, uh, just uh, just rough for Grundy because hopefully they keep him around for one more. Uh, I think he's still a good fighter. Definitely belongs in the UFC. Just uh, kind of like Amir Khan, he's at that point where he ran into a bunch of really tough guys. Yeah, the only the only thing that made me feel better about like my losing night at that, this point when this fight went off is that somebody jacked this line from like minus two fifteen or so to minus three oh five right before the fight started at bed on time. Like that's gotta be thousand like we're talking like close to six that's, figures. That's five Move figures. a line yeah. like that amount at bed online that late in the week. So it made me feel a little bit better because I was having a bad night that uh, somebody was having a worse night than me. Um, Amir Khani is dangerous with the submissions, and Grundy didn't seem to think that that was going to be an issue, and it was. Anything here, Sean? It's just a spot where if you're if he's one of those Amir Khani is one of those guys where he, he's going to have usually close grappling matches or do better than that. And if you're going to entice that, it's a dangerous guy to, to be putting your head in there at any time. So Grundy, I still think is decent like you. Uh, so I think he'll, he'll get another shot. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't make enough money that they're going to no. offload him. I don't think so. He, I mean, he, he makes more than Patty, but <laughs> everybody makes more than Patty right now, except from that barstool contract. Um, the man who almost blew up every single parlay that has ever existed, Ilya Tapuria, eventually gets an absolute highlight reel, bone-shattering knockout. Um, but he went through some shit first. Uh, Jai Herbert, good striker, 
massive size and reach advantage in this one put it to use uh but i i guess tapuri has got a chin on him because he he survived that um i kind of give him a a little bit of a, a pass on his grappling not looking great later in that round because of what he went through i think he was just kind of in survival mode still uh, and then as i said melt him in the second round just whew, that he's he's got some hands yeah, I thought it was, I mean, it was a, one for one, it was like, dude, as the week was going on, you're like, dude, you do not belong in the lightweight <laughs> division. Maybe you take, you know, a few years, five years from now, you take like a money fight, if you get yourself into that type of situation. But like the size disparity between the two of them is huge. It was a real gut check. Yeah, gut check performance from from Ilya to be able to take, I mean, most guys probably would have died even that, that lead like knee. And then I forget the other strike or head kick as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Being able to fight like that shows that like this guy is he's for real, but back to 145 Cause the boys are too big at 155 for you. I, I worry about the defense moving forward a little bit. Sean. That's fair. Yeah. Like the, Obviously, we, we saw in this that he can get tagged. We also saw he's got a pretty good chin, got good recovery, and he's got some fucking heavy hands. So um, kind of learned a, a bit of everything in, in that fight, which is is never a bad thing. Uh, I still think he's pretty good, but yeah, 45 for a while. Kicking off... Oh, that did kick off the main card. And, and then we got... Man, I... I hate to admit it, but Maybe. it's a knockout of the year candidate um, <laughs> from Molly McCann. Somehow wow. she produced a knockout of the year candidate against Luana Carolina in a fight that was honestly turning the other direction. Uh, I saw the scorecards after the fact. It didn't matter. Um, everyone had scored it 2 nothing for Molly. I thought there was... Anywhere but London, there's probably a case that that's 1-1 going into the into the third. Uh, didn't matter, though. I, the belt shit was stupid. It looked <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but in your hometown or near your hometown, go on, have a little fun. Paul? And she got a barstool job out of all of it as well. That's Everybody's probably the most important meatball. thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was it was a good performance from her, and I, I don't think anybody thought they were gonna gonna see that. Now, you know, now they're gonna turn that into a gif, and uh, and sell it on the internet for uh, for quite a bit of money. So, congratulations to Meatball. She probably got herself a new contract. She got a contract with Barstool. She's been grinding for a long time, and everyone like if you listen to any of her interviews, she seems like a really cool cat. So. Yeah, pretty happy for her to have like a shiny moment like that um, in the UFC. Um, I don't think uh, she should be in Carolina any hurry to get to the title picture. I, uh, no. she's already asking to be the the fill in for uh, for Valentina's mm-hmm. next fight. And it's just like, hopefully the Stoolies show up in full force <laughs> and give me a Valentina playable line. My word. Unfortunately, fighting Shevchenko, you're just not going to get that. We need her to fight somebody good that nobody knows, and then we might get a decent line. Yeah. Um, 
yeah i mean she she shot her shot i mean she she went for it uh uh i i'm emma may's a cold bitch uh would we be surprised if she goes out against someone not that great next time and loses after the highs that she had i i wouldn't doubt it loses 30 27 to like carol rosa in like three months Are we gonna be shocked probably not and she was never heard from him again <laughs> The the good thing is that even if you think she's going to win, you're probably going to get an excellent price on her by decision, too. Yeah, that's... They keep doing that. We'll see. Welterweight division, Gunnar Nelson is back and showed us all why nobody realized that he left in the first place. Uh, I was on... I think all three of us were actually on the, the sub prop in this one. Seemed like the biggest no-brainer of all time. And then Gunnar Nelson didn't even realize he was allowed to go for a choke until the final minute of the third round. And Sato still had enough gas left in the tank to defend that. So unanimous decision, clean, easy across the board. And we all lost money. Paul? Yeah, I, uh, this was like the bet on the card that I was just like, all right, well, at least like I'm taking a bunch of dog shots. They may not come through. But Gunner's going to get the back. He's going to be able to sink in a choke in 15 minutes of work at some point. And it was like minus 115. I'd beaten the line movement. Everything is coming up. Paul Shag. And just, I mean, he didn't seem to have much. That's, a, that's just Gunny, though. It's just like Gunny. No urgency at all. at his own pace at all times. You know, he, he can go out there against a much. Like Miguel Baeza submitted. Takashi yeah. Sato. So, like, if Gunner really wanted to go get that in round three, he could have. But he wasn't willing to put himself in any sort of danger of losing position. Smart for him. Obviously, he's getting paid uh, twice the amount for a win bonus. So don't risk that. But, uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, when he found out that everybody on the card that got a finish got an extra 50K... Maybe he would have uh, went a little bit deeper for that. But uh, good to see Gunnar Nelson back, but not good for my bankroll, obviously. Absolutely. Sean? Not much more to say than that. Lightweight division. The other the other one that the, uh, the chalk donkeys, I love that term, that they, they were all over. Um, Patty Pimblett, he had uh, a little bit of trouble early on. I, I didn't see him being like super hurt by anything that that happened in there. He kind of got clipped and just went to his back or shot a, a shitty takedown. Um, but I think he was just trying to make sure that he wasn't in any further danger. Uh, and then once he turned it around, uh, he sliced through Vargas way easier than I thought he was going to. And I mean, he can grapple. Uh, you you got to give him that. He can, he can grapple a little bit. Paul? Yeah, you can grapple, but Rodrigo Vargas is a bum. I backed the bum. Um, Happens. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna end up losing a bunch of money on Patty Pimblet until yep. I win. And, and just, just hopefully, hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully in the, end. the math plays out. <laughs> yeah. um, I wasn't too heavily invested in uh, in him. I had Vendramini, but it wasn't like too sizable. And uh, honestly, when you're I bet Vargas at plus 400 and plus 500. So I'm down on Patty Pimble, but they keep posting minus 700s. Eventually, someone with a little bit of power 
someone who can keep this fight standing is going to absolutely torch this guy. I don't care what anyone says. I don't see, like, I see people drawing, like, comparisons to, like, him versus Connor early in their career. It's just like, no, Patty's not getting to the belt. Like, let's just throw that idea out completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, he's, he can grapple. But that takedown defense was pretty suspect. There was very little resistance. So uh, we obviously saw some holes, and we just need to find the right guy to fill to, those holes. To work on those. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about filling holes here on the oh, yeah. analysis. Sir. Co main events, absolute steamrolling by Arnold Allen. I was on the wrong side of this one. Uh, I thought that. I don't know what I thought. I thought Hooker was going to be able to keep him at range a little bit more, but massive speed difference uh, that only got worse with every punch Arnold Allen landed. And I think Arnold Allen landed every punch that he threw in that fight. So Hooker's chin isn't gone because he took a shitload of punishment. Uh, But I don't think he's fast enough for 145. And... The reaction time maybe isn't there anymore. I, I don't know. Something something seemed off about this one. I know it's one of those cases where people are saying, oh, he's, he's one in four in his last five, but look at the level of competition. I think he's, I think he's kind of struggling regardless. Um, I mean, if they give me another him close to even money against a dude like Hack Paras line, I'll play him again there. But uh, anybody that's kind of in the top 10, top 15. I think he's, he's going to struggle with at this point, Paul. Yeah, he might be. He's, he was known for being like super, super durable. And now he may be a little bit damaged good. He's still going to beat. Yeah. Like middling kind of guys, guys outside of the top 15. I don't think oh, yeah. he'll become more of a stepping stone. And that's what he was in this spot. I think in fairness to, for, to you, I didn't have anything on this one. Um, but there's nobody, nobody on earth was like thinking that this fight was going to be this level of firecracker from the opening bell. Like Arnold Allen, most of his fights, you watch any tape on him. It's like very technical, mind your piece. Low paced. Get takedowns just to like secure slash steal rounds. Like it's usually pretty low volume. And then they were just shot out of a cannon. What a wild fight. Probably had a lot to do with like, being in the live atmosphere, it was pretty nutty in there right after the Patty Pimblet fight, right or pretty much right after Molly McCann. Like they were, you know, they were fired up in the O2. And I feel like this fight kind of just like took all that energy and went with it. Sean? Yeah. Uh he got run over. Uh I expected Arnold or Allen to to win kind of a, a decision if and just kind of a slower paced where he's just a little bit better, can get some takedowns. And like you said, he hit him, I swear, with every single strike he threw. Um, and he's got he's got some pretty decent power when he does connect, uh, as we've seen in the past. So maybe this will be the, the springboard. I think we've, we've kind of all thought he was decent and we always just needed him to put it together. I mean, obviously he's on a win streak, but just for exciting purposes and and just being dominant uh maybe this is the one because because he's got some skills definitely i think everybody kind of hopped back or or pumped the brakes on the the allen hype train after the last couple performances uh, especially that yusuf one where 
you know, he was losing aside from the big shots and yep. this got everybody back on board. I think have to think for some reason, this card had two co-main events. Uh, so the other co-main event, uh, Tom Aspinall just absolutely ran through Alexander Volkov. Uh, I, I knew he had some grappling, but I thought he was like, Oh, he's got a little bit of grappling for a heavyweight. Yep. I think this dude can actually grapple. Um, uh, he subbed Arlovsky in his last fight, which, or not his last fight, two, two three fights ago now, uh, which not an easy thing to do. Arlovsky doesn't get subbed by a lot of guys, and man, just blew through Volkov in this one. Um, I'm I'm impressed. Oh, looks like the real deal. Um, and his dad, his dad apparently in the UK is like BJJ royalty, so like he's been mm-hmm. training this for a long time. Like it's like the most popular. One of the most popular gyms in the UK um, is his dad. His dad runs it. So I wasn't really a believer until we really saw it now, too. And the guy can grapple. The guy can strike. The only question that we have, and, and it's no real fault to him, is will the cardio check out over, say, three rounds? In heavyweight, it's like there's not many. If you're able to take people down, you're able to submit them or at least take them down. Like, you don't really need five-round cardio because 90% of Francis Ngannou can't fight at a high pace for five rounds. He can win a fight. But, um, but yeah, does he have, like, at least three-round cardio and then hold on for dear life? Because, you know, if he's not able to take some of these guys out, like, it could get dicey down the stretch. But either way, this guy looks like a prospect to watch out for in heavyweight division. Um, yeah, heavyweight's exciting again. A lot of young up-and-comers. It was kind of looking dodgy for a little bit. And we got Frankie Murder at the top. We got Aspinall. We got Pavlovich coming up through the ranks. It's a good time in the heavyweight division. Sean, thoughts on the second co? Yeah, I, I flip-flopped on that fight. I just, for some reason, had a bad feeling about Volkov. And then I kind of, later on in the week, I got convinced that, you know, he could you know, weather the storm and, and take over late and maybe get some late finishes. But, uh, yeah, Aspinall, he, he showed out in, in that one. Um, and at heavyweight, like he has good grappling and he's athletic. So he'll, he'll probably be able to take a bunch of, a bunch of heavyweights down. Like it's, it's not like heavyweights full of a bunch of grapplers. There's like Curtis blades and, and steep kinda, that's about it for grapplers. I mean, other than Frankie Murder now, NCAA Frankie Murder. <laughs> well, that's that's the only problem. One of the few guys in the division that he probably can't outstrike, he probably also can't take down. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And you probably and finally blades, I think. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, I think I mean, he can stuff blades takedowns, and especially, you know, we'll, we'll get into blades a little bit more later in the show, but the this more hesitant looking version of blades and a little bit less decisive um, that would not go well for him against Aspinall. Yeah. Finally main event. I mean, Paul, I, I need to, I need to tell you, you need to need to stop letting Cody bully you into I not agree. making these bets. I know because you, you talked through it. You knew what was going to happen. And the fucking bear Jew did it. Of course he did. He, he, he made it interesting. This man would be a tremendous pro wrestler because he knows how to get the crowd invested. He knows how to take a couple shots, make his opponent look good. 
and then just snatched the finish out of nowhere. Classic, classic Bear Jew stuff. Um, made me all the money that I made on this card, pretty much. It, it was wonderful. I love it. Paul, Bear Jew, triumphant. I got bullied, yeah. I got bullied out of making the play. There were people even, like, they were like, thanks, man, for breaking down the fight like that. I made a bunch of money on Bear Jew sub plus 450. I'm like, I wish I had listened to myself. But, yeah, like, watching tape on Krylov, I was like, he tries to take down all these guys, literally from, like, the opening bell. I'm like, and I wrote it on Twitter, as you were mentioning, I'm like, he can't be He's not going to show up and be that dumb in this spot, right? And Krylov was indeed that dumb. Like, it was it was exactly kind of – I mean, it was a weird scramble how they ended up on the ground. But as soon as he got in the guard, I was just like, even when he's landing these strikes, I'm like, you are putting yourself in harm's way. This is how you lose this fight. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, who is co- – like, who is – who is building these game plans for these fighters? Danny like, Castillo. That was a Danny Castillo special. <laughs> like that was so so it was so predictably bad. And like, I mean, in fairness, like it wasn't looking very good for Bear Jew there. Um, like you 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 were you were shaking a little bit. You were thinking that finish for Krylov may may come together. <laughs> I mean, he took a, a quick nap and, and woke up right away, nice and refreshed and, and ready yeah, to exactly. triangle somebody. So, I mean, I, I wasn't too, too worried. I, I just, I guess he was a little sleepy. That was definitely the play, though, because it's like, how does, I didn't see a world in where, where Bearju won that fight any other way except for a submission. Like, I didn't think he was going to win a decision. So it's like they were offering plus 450s versus the plus 150. The sub play was was the play of the night and congratulations to you guys for being smarter than me and actually playing them. <laughs> uh, you know, Krylov should have just known that you should let sleeping bear Jews lie. You don't wake them back up. Nope. You don't hit them with the one more shot. You just, you just let them lay there and you're good. Sean, mm-hmm. anything to add on bear Jew? Uh, just glorious. Glorious when you're just like, Man, I think this guy's dumb enough to to grapple and go the one place where he will lose, and then he does it. He, it was a it was a roller coaster on the on the way there, but he he still he put himself in that danger and he got burnt. You just don't do that. That's the one spot. That's the one thing Bear Jew has, and you just go there. So, Bear Jew Glover next, right? After Glover dispatches Yuri, I mean, Bear Jews beat like every main eventer that has happened in the UFC in 2022. I mean, that's, that's... sorry, that's like the most uh, MMA analysis title fight maybe of all time. (laughs) I think said that would be the only Tara versus versus Bear Jew. Like, I don't know how you guys are going to make a pick on that fight. I, I no think Lance said that he, Lance said that he, uh, that would be the only fight that he would cheer against uh, Glover, I believe, uh, wow. is what uh, Lance said. Um, yeah, that would that'd be a tough one, because uh, are they both going to get hurt and then come back? Like, it's, I don't know, it doesn't really work, so I, uh, that's, a, that's a tough, that's a tough breakdown. I mean, is Glover going to take somebody down and then get subbed from the bottom? Like, something weird's got to happen in that fight. Yo, so. Has Glover ever been subbed? Probably not. I don't think so. I would have to look it up, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I actually like Glover in that spot, but Glover may get deaded. Zero. 
zero submission losses for the Glover. Yeah, I mean, are we surprised right. that man has the old man strength and all? No, exactly. The, that's a tough matchup talent. for Bear Jew. That's a very tough matchup for Bear Jew. <laughs> that is very tough for him. I, I mean, any tough, tough any any Glover. matchup against Glover is a tough matchup. Man's just an ageless wonder. Love him. That's right. All right, moving on to this week. Uh, that that was fun, but. We got some more fights to break down. We got a bunch of them, 13, I think, on this week's card. We'll try and fly through some of the early ones because I feel like it's hard to have a huge read on uh, on some of them. Kicking it off in the featherweight division, we've got Luis Saldana because he's got the Enya, so you have to do the Danya. Uh, taking on Bruno Souza, Souza. Tequila Ronnie's uh, little brother, I guess. No, he trains with Lyoto or trained under Lyoto at some point. Uh, this one's kind of flipped since the, the line opened. Uh, Saldana was a slight favorite. Now Souza's the slight favorite, and you can get uh, Luis out there at as high as plus 106 I'm seeing now. So, Paul, thoughts on this one? Interesting. Yeah, when we were on the – it had actually like – it actually kind of flipped to Saldana being slight favorite when me and Cody did the show on Monday. <laughs> I think it's a super close fight. Luis Saldana, more technical, powerful strikes. Um, loves the kick to the body. Um, he's definitely some, like, He's definitely a problem in the first, like, seven and a half minutes. Um, I imagine we're probably in a big cage here. I think that's going to be a big deal for Bruno Souza, who kind of just likes to circle around the outside. Doesn't throw very much volume. Very, very happy to run away, but that may work for him in a large cage. On on the show, I picked Bruno Souza because you – I don't know. Like, I, I, I have no interest in betting the fight. I think it's pretty dicey either way. I'm expecting kind of a close decision. But I'll, I'll stick with, with Souza as my original pick, but don't love it either way. I hear you there. Sean? Yeah, I just don't have a strong opinion on this fight. This is fairly low level. Um, Souza's the dog in in what could be a, a 50-50 fight. I, I guess I'll take the guy uh, that can probably win a decision. I kind of lean towards Souza in this one. I actually took a, a little stab on the sub prop um, at 1,100. I, I know he doesn't have, which might be bad because... Oh, no, it's still 1100 Um Just because he's got, like, a, a bunch of sneaky front headlocks. Um, he went for that ninja choke a bunch of times against uh, Bagdasarian. I've seen it a bunch of times in his LFA fights. And I know Saldana gets real tired late in fights. And uh, he kind of shot some desperation takedowns against Austin Lingo. If he does that against uh, Souza, I think he'd get that neck wrapped up, uh, especially late in the fight. And I think that Sosa's going to control the last half of this fight. So pick him. If it goes to the decision, I think it's going to be very tight. You have him a slight edge. But I, I do think he does have a little bit more finishing potential than Saldana in this one. So Sosa's the pick and a little little sprinkle on, on the sub. Flyweight division next. We got David Dvorak taking on Matus Nikolaou. Um, this one, another tightly lined fight. Uh, this one's actually gotten a bit tighter as the week's gone by. Dvorak is about minus 120 to minus 130 out there. Nikolaou is high as plus 110. Paul? 
I took some Nicolau money line uh, on Monday. I think it really just comes down to like strength of schedule. And Matus Nicolau is beating some legitimate guys. Like I round one against Tim Elliott. He didn't look great, but as I kind of said on the show earlier in the week, is like you can't really train for Tim Elliott because he's doing such wacky shit all the time. It's like nobody, even the guy who's trying to emulate him in your camp, is just like they're not doing the weird kicks and movements and stuff like that. He just seemed kind of thrown off. But what I really liked from that is like round three, he was able to secure a takedown with like three minutes left and a close fight and then like hold position. It's just like those are the guys I'm going to back, especially when you give me plus money against a relatively unproven. He's been good in his in his UFC run, but I mean, wins over Juan Camilo Ronderos, who they literally brought in from like, I think he was like working in someone's garden. Um Jordan Espinoza, Bruno Silva's not too bad, but that was like early on in Bruno Silva's career. He, he's been, yeah, like the, the level of competition that he's been able to look good against isn't what Nicolau's been doing. So I was kind of surprised by Nicolau being a dog in this spot and took my chances on him. Sean? Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's kind of a bit surprising that the line is the way it is. Uh, Nicolau obviously has fought the way tougher competition and has looked pretty, pretty good throughout. Um, Dvorak had a bit of hype coming into the UFC. Um, he's kind of done what he's had to. I mean, the Espinoza, uh, Espinoza decision was a little bit lackluster. And then he, he, he destroyed a, a, a body that they served up to him uh, on short notice. So he's done what he's had to. I just like Nikolaou's overall game. Uh, he's kind of good everywhere. I think he's going to test uh, Dvorak. And I picked Nikolaou. I haven't bet him. I got a decent amount of bets on this card. So this was kind of the, the last one I crossed off. But uh, I may be convinced later to, to bet some money on Nikolaou. Yeah, I've been on the fence about betting Nikolaou all week. But... Uh... You know, after kind of hearing this, uh, I, I might have to pull the trigger. Uh, like you guys said, it's a strength of competition thing. He's faced the way better guys. He's beaten the way better guys. The fact that he's got a couple TKO losses on his records, uh, that one to, to Dustin Cruz and then one way back, uh, Pedro Nobre, maybe. Um, that's kind of scary because Dvorak does have a little bit of power. He can get that up there and, and – uh, land some stuff, but I just think Nicolau has more tools. Um, he can win this. I, I think it's going to be competitive it's, if it's a striking battle, and if there's anybody that's going to mix in takedowns here, it's probably going to be Nicolau. I think he can control the grappling if it does get to the ground. So I'm going to side with him, and that could end up being a, another bet for me on this one. Staying in the flyweight division, but switching genders... We've got the man on fire taking on Jennifer Maya. This is uh, prices, prices climbing. Um, looking out there, you can see uh, Firo, anyone, anywhere from minus 415 to 550 out there. And Maya's above 300 everywhere at this point. Paul, we've got a, a women's MMA fight where. There's probably not going to be a finish because I know that Fioro 
has a couple TKOs in the UFC, but they're all standing TKOs. She just sort of like gets people to shell up shitty mm-hmm. competition and the ref step in. She doesn't really put people away. And I don't no. think she's going to put Maya away here, even if she wins, which means are, are, are we going the other way? Are we, are we taking the shot on the, the WMMA dog here? I think I think I'm gonna be a stats bro. Put on my glasses and be a stats bro in this one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I think what it really comes down to is Fioro, if this fight goes to decision, very likely to eclipse a hundred significant strikes. Maya is more like a sixty to seventy. Fioro, maybe you can get up to like one twenty. Um Maya is one of those like I tried to I was considering I forget if I even backed her. Um, but against Ukagian. I thought that maybe she would like pursue the takedown in the rematch early on in the fight. Yeah. Because that's what she, that was like the only success that she had in the first time they fought was when she actually like went for a takedown late in or late in like round three. And she really didn't do that. And that's really, I think you would have to really trust in Maya to get takedowns and who knows if she can even hold her down. Um, in those spots, if you were going to back her in this spot. I'm surprised the, the Fioro decision, I took some at minus 115. I have her parlayed with Blades as well. Um, at like some stale numbers that was left from uh, from one book. But Fioro decision still like minus, it's at one book, at Bet365 right now, it's uh, plus 100. Um, I think we have 15 minutes of women's MMA. Jennifer Maya hasn't been finished since Sheila Gaff in like 2013. Um, she's pretty durable. I think uh, Fioro's last fight is basically just a carbon copy of what we're going to see in this affair, where we've got Brazilian shoot a box kickboxer who <laughs> is not going to land nearly as many strikes is durable, is going to eat these shots, walk forward, maybe not do the Bobby fin- or Bobby Green finger wag anytime she gets hit. But um, I think it's going to be a, a game of numbers. Fioro wins by decision just from landing 30% more strikes every single round. Unfortunately, I can very much see that. Sean? Yeah, I think if you if you like Firo in this spot, you you got to sprinkle on that decision line. That's just she's getting way too much credit for for that uh power. She doesn't she can hit. She's got decent striking, she's got good striking, but the power is obviously overrated. So and and Jennifer Maya has shown that she's pretty damn tough. So um I'm I'm not playing it. I think this is one that that the favorite is going to cash. She is better. It's a bit of a high number, though, for women's MMA. I thought that about Corey McKenna. <laughs> thought that about <laughs> who was the favorite the week before that didn't cash. I mean, there's always one of these in, in the women's MMA fights where everyone thinks this is how it's going to go. It's so easy. Um, but, man, like, we just talked about Nikolau and Dvorak and the, the level of competition, yeah, Maya hasn't beaten a ton of high-level competition, but she's been in there with high-level competition. Uh, and I know that people think Fioro might be that. I'm not entirely sold yet. Maybe it's just because I, I don't 
really care that much to get invested. Um, but I'm just going to take the, the blind shot on Maya by decision at plus 550. Uh, I've got uh, a round robin that has a, a bunch of fun little props in it this week. So we'll get to those. But I'm going to take a shot on Maya, pick her and tout master, see how it goes. Probably lose some money. Get it. Moving on up to 185, we have the juiced line of the week. This one's incredible. Um, if you got it, I want to say before Tuesday, you probably got a great line. I know that Bet365 is, they're rare with offering some cash out value on the <laughs> MMA bets. Um, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got some on this one. So. He's now a minus thousand favorite in some spots over Dennis Tallula. I don't know how to pronounce that name. It's a weird name. Um, but anyway, Paul, you probably love this guy. He he seems like one of the Smash brothers, right? He looks like a smashing machine. A uh, ten to one, though. It's like, I mean, yeah. if you go back and you watch him versus Paul Harris, it's like. Any half-decent ref stops that situation completely, probably deducts a point because he's flat out just holding the fence as Paul Harris is trying to grab his leg. Like, it, it's in Russia. It's, there's some Russian funny business going on. So he obviously gets away with it. Um, 10 to 1 is insane. He was minus 380 when we talked about it on the show. Even yeah. I had to do another show after that, so I wasn't even able to hit the lines immediately. By the time I got to round to that, it was minus 450. Loaded up, I parlayed him with Magni. We'll talk about that later on. Um, and yeah, like Bet365 is offering me like money to cash out right now, which feels great. Um, Love it. <laughs> but he looks, she looks incredible. And Dennis looks pretty, pretty, Bad. you know. Nothing special. I don't expect to see him win too many fights inside of the UFC. Trains with Sean Strickland. So I guess, I mean, he doesn't, he hasn't really been like embarrassed. Like he seems very, very tough, durable. He's going to keep fighting, but like the level of skill between these two should be very apparent early on in the fight. The problem with, uh, with Kirziev is like, if this gets really extended, Massive layoff for him, kind of unproven in later rounds. It could get super, super dicey if he doesn't finish him in round one, just because we don't really know much about him. But it should be all one-way traffic. Kizriev, um, yeah, he's a he's a certified smash machine. This is one of those Tulin. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Have you seen I'll his? Wait. Have you seen his wife? Have you went down that that rabbit hole? I haven't. I, I heard great. you mention it. I haven't That's done great. it. Yet. It's great content. Dennis is winning outside of the octagon, even if he loses on Saturday night. It's good tough. for him. Good for him. Because I don't think he's winning on Saturday night. This is one of those everybody wants to fight roster signings. They're like, <laughs> oh, you're you're a Russian and you're already in America and you've got your visa. Shit, sign up we'll get you in there as soon as we can and this is the guy and it sounds from what i've heard like he's been willing to do it just to get his foot in the door of the ufc uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes but sean your thoughts on this matchup 
Yeah, but usually you don't see line movement like this across the board. Like, usually, like, if Bet Online or Dimes puts out a shitty line, it gets steamed up, and then they're, that's just an opening line, and then everybody get opens it at the what it should be. It opened minus 300 everywhere, and everybody has been hammering it at every book <laughs> up to a minus 1,000. Um, I guess that was just a, a bad opener but i guess i was snoozing because I, I probably should have grabbed on to that minus 300 it was available everywhere um yeah the guy he's fighting is just he's a, he's a body uh he, he does have some power uh six of his nine wins come in the first round so it is concerning early he uh our, our buddy kiriev uh better have his shit together uh he has a ton of first round wins so it could be a, a wild fucking first round. Um, I know you said you were a bit worried if if this goes uh, a little deeper, but I'm the other guy's got like three wins past the first round. I don't I don't know if he's some cardio champ either, so it, it could get sloppy. Um, the dude's minus a thousand right now. His TKO was was plus three hundred at a bunch of places. Uh, He's he doesn't seem to be a Dubronx, uh, a a bear Jew where they're pretty much if if they're on the ground they're they're not looking to pound you out. I I have a hard time seeing this guy not just laying it on the guy if if he uh, he has the chance. So I took a shot for half a unit at, at plus three hundred uh, him by TKO. Yeah, I uh, I'm on board with that. I, I think. Kizriev is obviously the rightful favorite. I, I was messaging a couple people earlier in the week. I was like, oh, this is this is going to close like minus 500 and blew way past that in, in no time flat. Uh, sometimes we get these these lines where it's a product of the last couple weeks, all the favorites crushing. So now people are like, oh, all you got to do is just par- parlay the big favorites and, and you're going to win. Easy game. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I was actually saying this to Paul earlier, but there's going to be a card coming up real soon where those kinds of, you know, parlayers who aren't so savvy and just look at the price and and lay it, they're going to have a real rough night. But I don't think this is one of those spots. This uh, Kizriev goes out there and he throws real hard early, uh, but he throws real hard to close the distance and get takedowns. And once he gets a takedown here, he just goes for it and doesn't stop. Um, I think his cardio's all right. I, there's maybe some risk uh, of him kind of gassing himself out by throwing too much shit on the ground, but I think he is very much primarily a, a ground and pounder more than a, a sub guy. I mean, you look at his record and he's got five TKOs, four subs, four decisions. So I think we're fine. I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're not playing his money line or anything like that. We've probably all got him linked up in some parlays. Um, but, you know, the, the money line's safe, even if it gets into later rounds. And then, man, that plus 300 on the TKO, I think that's more likely or equally likely as the sub. It's just people have probably seen that contender series fight where, uh, Shigemoto yeah. just gave up his back 100% made no effort to defend it um, so he took the rear naked choke which he'll do if it's there if 
if you notice all four of his subs are RNCs. So he'll take it if it's there, but I don't think it's his primary weapon. So I went uh, a little bit bigger than Sean here, a, a unit on the TKO at plus 300. And we'll see how it goes. And that is going to be the consensus bet of the week. I managed to talk Sean into some weird shit. Lance <laughs> is going to have a hissy fit. Wes nope. is going to ask who the hell Kizriev is. And uh, Sean and I are going to make some money on this one. So that's, that's going to be beautiful. I may have to join you guys. I'm looking for my, what's my best offering out there right now. I think the uh, the 300 was dimes. Yeah, um, I can't play there anymore. <laughs> I think there's like a 275. Places. I had a, I had a, we had a good uh, NBA Sims at the beginning of the uh, pandemic. Oh, pandemic. I had a really good run on NBA Sims there, and five dimes <laughs> doesn't want my business anymore. Oh, oh, sad. That's just that's just rude. That's no, just Tony, that's just that's Tony just the would never. The game is. Tony would never. Tony <laughs> would never. still around. Um, yeah, I think you can find some. Uh, yeah, some I'm, 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 on to, I'm on to one. I'm on to one. You'll, you'll be good. Yeah. Uh, a couple of places have been real slow to, to pull out props on that one. I think the, the line movement is probably the reason. Because they're that. terrified yeah. of what's, what's been happening to that line. For <laughs> yeah, sure. exactly. They're like, who is this guy and why is everyone pounding it? <laughs> Um, but he, he does look impressive. Uh, I'll give him that for sure. I didn't even shit on him as a boring Russian. Cause he's I not know. Boring. Well, cause all I he think. does is finish fights. So it's, it's hard. <laughs> if he, if this goes to decision and you lose this TKO bet, I'm expecting oh. you going down in, in boring Russian, boring Russian, uh, category. Yeah. He'll have his own chapter in the boring Russian handbook. If he, uh, if he loses me, well, if he loses me this bet because of a sub, that's fine. If he goes to decision, whew, dead to me. You're on the Absolutely list. Absolutely dead. On the list. <laughs> Bantamweight division. We have Dana Batgirl. Wait, Batgirl Dana. <laughs> uh, is that is that a new version of Batgirl? I don't know. Uh, taking on Chris Gutierrez. And I've heard some people with some thoughts on this one. It's It's kind of an interesting fight. Paul, what are yours? I took uh, Gutierrez... Uh, on the money line, and I got it at like like early another again, early in the week. It was plus one thirty five. Um, I think it's relatively competitive. The real key for Gutierrez here has never been knocked out. That seems to be the best way for Baccarat, Baccarel Dana, uh, Baccarie Dana. I mean, yes, there's an L there, but we at, at a certain point we we got to start being like. Uh, <laughs> Like Don Cherry and just like completely blowing these pronunciations. Just butcher it. Who cares? Because it's getting <laughs> difficult in MMA. Every single every single card. It's just like I don't know what order names are going in anymore. But that's besides the point. But yeah, Gutierrez never never been knocked out. And the the real key is like watching the Baccarat Denis fight or uh, back Dana. I'm just gonna call him Dana. Dana's hey. fight against uh, against Guido Canetti is he ate, like, two leg kicks, and those kind of stumbled him early on. And, like, all Gutierrez wants to do is dance around the outside and throw leg kicks. Don't get knocked out. This guy does have power in his hands. Stay on the outside, big cage, dance around, let him, you know, whiff on those shots and just kick him in the legs, kick him in the legs. You may lose round one, um, you know, with, with Dana just landing the more powerful strikes early on in the fight. But I think as this wears on, 
um, Gutierrez should take over. I'm not sold on on Dana's cardio in three rounds. And, uh, yeah, I think him opening up as a sizable favor was just more of a product of him, like, smashing some lower-level lower guys coming into this fight. So, grab the – I mean, as it gets closer to I, – I still think Gutierrez is the value side in this spot, but uh, happy that I jumped on it a little bit earlier in the week because it seems like that price is gone. Do you think he gets him out of there with the leg kicks or just does enough no, to sort I think of it, stunt I, his offense? I guess I wouldn't be shocked by something super, super late. I don't think his leg kicks are, like, all that powerful. And, like, yeah. in fairness, it's like Guido throws, like, absolute hammers with everything. His left hook is just, like, he's just swinging for the fences. And his left kick is the exact same thing. He's just trying to get you out of there um, when he does it. Gutierrez is a little bit more tactical in his approach. Um, a lot more technical. I wouldn't be shocked to see, like, a late finish. But uh, I think Gutierrez's decision maybe loses round one rounds two and three takes over able to just maintain distance and, and chip away at the legs that's that's how I see it playing out and just uh quickly ha- had to go off the board a little bit but uh for Canadians um cool bet isn't necessarily the greatest site <laughs> for in terms of like the limits they'll allow or the props or anything like that uh, but they leave some stale prices out there. Uh, Gutierrez earlier today was still like plus 130 or plus 135 there. Uh, I just nice. checked now. It, it's down to plus 125. Uh, but they're always a little slower to move lines, which can be nice to take advantage of. I think all three of us have done that in the past. I've Sean, done it this week. On this one. <laughs> exactly. I, I- I did it right here. Uh, I, I took Gutierrez <laughs> plus 140. Um, yeah, I just think Gutierrez is shown to be fairly tough. Uh, what is the, the Batgirl outside of uh, round one against a, a decent leg kicker? Man, I Brad and Lance hate this guy, but they cashed on him as a Munich, I'm pretty sure, the one time. Uh, he he just chews calves up. He chews them up. So, I mean, he obviously countering that can be dangerous. He can get cracked pretty good. But uh, I think if he can just keep moving on the outside, just calf kick, calf kick. Once he's once you're out of the first round, I think he should be fairly good to go and, and probably wins a decision. So I, uh, I took him plus 140. Yeah, I'm on the same page here. Um, I, I don't have the, uh, the plus 140 available to me right now, but... Might uh, might dip into that plus 125. I think, I mean, it, it's hard to say with these because uh, Batgirl's training at, at Jackson Wink right now, I think. So, the shell of you, Jackson Wink? What, who the fuck yeah, are, are even are there Are you going to get a, a good game plan out of that camp right now? Because, honestly, if he goes in there and he... Is the karate hottie his main training partner? Like, what's what's going on with, with that? The chick who <laughs> might not fight ever again? Yeah, that one. John Jones' wife, maybe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you're coaching him, you tell him, you know, get in there and crowd this guy. Take away the leg kicks. Take away the calf kicks. The, the loathsome calf kick, which is ruined the sport of MMA, which is a completely wonderful and wholesome sport before people invented the calf kick. 
now has devolved into anarchy because people like to kick the bottom part of people's legs like savages. Um, never mind that. But yeah, I think Gutierrez is probably going to be able to, to land enough of those, not get knocked out, and probably outpoint Batgirl in this one. Um, there's ways that I could see the fight going the other way, but I mean, Gutierrez's durability is a, a huge key for him. And I think that was the very first thing you said, Paul. So right on, uh, right on board with that. And I think he is going to take a decision in this spot. Again, we're sticking in the same weight class, but switching genders over to the women's bantamweight division. We've got Carol Hossa taking on Sarah M. We can we can say it on this podcast. You couldn't say it on your podcast. No, but Sarah mm. Mom quit McMahon. Uh, <laughs> she actually spells her name. It, it's wrong on Tapology. It's M Q M A N N. It's the the correct spelling is M Q anon like that. Call <laughs> yeah. oh, conspiracy. She isn't even quitting these. She's just betting, betting on her on own the other side. Smart round totals. Smart. <laughs> uh, this is this is interesting. I have I have thoughts on this one, but we'll get there. Paul, what do you got here? Oh, Lord, like I mean, this is one of those lines that's just like Carol Rosa. Do I really want to lay after? After betting on uh, what's her face last week, McKenna, Corey McKenna, yeah. do I really want to fade Sarah Sarah McMahon? I mean, I guess it's, it seems to be actually she's less of a favorite now. So people are people are betting Sarah Certainly. McMahon. Yep. I don't think I can touch either side of this with a ten foot ball. I'm going to try to bet it live. Because I'm going to hope for mom quit to to get first round, get a takedown in the first round. Carol Rosa is a black belt in BJJ, apparently. Um, so hold position. Just don't don't get finished out there, which probably shouldn't happen because it's women's bantamweight division. Um, maybe, maybe take a shot if I can get something absurd after round one in the hopes that we see uh, – Mom, mom quit headquarters uh, come through in flying colors because I think Sarah McMahon's probably going to be able to secure takedowns early like she does against everyone. And when she has that top position, it's great, but she's 41 years old. Um, I don't think she really has three rounds cardio anymore. And um, But yeah, Rosa doesn't really have enough like potent finishing ability or strikes aren't very like damaging on the feet. It's more of like a volume game. I could see McMahon winning this fight with like two takedowns and just holding position. It's kind of becomes one of those situations where like, who's the ref here? Are they going to stand it up or do they let her just like sit in guard for four minutes and just win the fight that way? Yeah. It's a really, really dicey one for me, but I'll probably, I'll probably pull a mom quit uh, bet after round one if Carol Rosa gets taken down and controlled at some like stupid, if you're giving me like plus 200 after round one on Carol Rosa, I'm probably going to be a sucker and take it. But yeah, I I'm not disagree. Don't disagree with anything you said there, Sean. Uh, Rosa has a black belt. So obviously it wasn't a surprise when noted BJJ whiz Laura Pacheco 
uh, subbed her. Um, or Larissa Pacheco. Um, I, I don't want any part of this. I, I looked at taking maybe McCann by sub or some shit. Um, I, I, I'm picking McMahon in, in Toutmaster. I think she, she can easily win this, but then she can easily just gift it to Rosa. So I, I don't want my money on it. I'll pick her and, and that'll be enough for me to cheer or we get to see more mom quit, so it's it'll, it's a win-win, really. It really is. The only bad bet in this fight is, like, Carol Rosa round one. <laughs> that's, the, that's, like, the only bad bet that you can make in this fight. Any other bet, you can justify. I can make a case for Rosa money line minus 200. I can make a case for McMahon money line to, or plus 185 or plus 175 or whatever it's at now. Um, I could make a case for McMahon finishing. I could make a case for her getting the two takedowns that Paul talked about and holding on for dear life in the third round for a decision. Um, or Rosa getting a late finish. Like, there's so many possibilities in this fight. So I just found a big number, and I played it. And the big number that I played was McMahon round one at plus 1,000. Um, because I could, I definitely think she is taking Carol Rosa down in round one. I think that is probably the one certainty in this fight. Uh, she takes down everybody. The only people she hasn't taken down are Ronda Rousey in a fight that didn't even go a minute. And she probably would have taken Ronda Rousey down in that fight. And Amanda Nunez, cause she got rocked and uh, choked out before she could ever shoot a takedown in that one, I think. So uh, that was in Nashville. We were, we were live for that one. Uh, some of us were live for that one. Um, so I, I settled on McMahon round one. I think she takes her down. And this is officially 100% what's going to happen. Takedown, arm <laughs> triangle, first round, boom, get it done. Uh, but all of the stuff that you guys said is also valid. If what I said definitely is going to happen, for some reason, doesn't happen. Uh, and by that, I mean there's collusion from mom quit, and she bet against herself once again. <laughs> So I, I can't be wrong in this spot, which is a wonderful place to be. Next up, welterweight division. Neil Magny, good old Magny Medov, taking on Max Payne Griffin, one of the rare fighters that I use his actual nickname because it's, it's an awesome nickname. So uh, this is the, the lines creeping up here. Uh, Magny's up to like minus 250 in most places. Uh, this has been slowly climbing throughout the week. Uh, Paul, any, any thoughts on this one? I know you alluded yeah. to something earlier. I parlayed him with uh, Smash Bro early in the Ooh. week. Um, I think the takedowns should be there for Magny if he wants to go that route, but it's kind of another num- numbers game. His arms are so long. He's very, very smart in there. As long as you're not, like, physically domineering and can just, like, take him down, control him. Like, Neil Magny is a guy that I've always liked backing because I don't – well, usually we get better prices than this in fairness. But, like, yeah. he's a – besides the Chiesa fight, like, he's pretty smart out there. He's always fighting – I mean, he's not, like, the most talented guy. But, yeah, he doesn't make any, like, stupid decisions typically when he's in there. Um I think he probably wins the striking game at range if he's able to take down Max Griffin even better. 
he's going to fight for my money. He's going to fight smart. He's not going to make me feel like a complete moron. So, yeah, I like Magny to get the job done here. But uh, as it gets, I mean, the price is getting pretty inflated. I see, like, minus 300 at some spots now. Like, Yikes. a lot of the meat has been stripped off of the bone, I would, I would say at this point. Like, I don't – like, it, can you really look at this fight and be like – Magni wins 75%. Like, they fight four times. Magni's winning three of them, 100%. You want any fight and say that? No, exactly, right? <laughs> they only uh, fight once, Paul. They yeah, only I fight they once. Only so fight all that matters is what happens on Saturday. <laughs> is Magni winning, yeah, almost like just under eight times, like seven, eight times? Like, cool. I, I'm sure Max Griffin wins some of the some of the times out there. But, uh, yeah, Mag- Magni's the pick. Is is he a great value at this point? Eh, probably not. A lot of the meat's been taken off the bone. Uh, it's only minus 300 in one spot, but it's creeping up there. It'll be minus 300 on Saturday for sure. We got to get those parlays in. Sean? Do you think Cody yeah, affected the, the nature of the marketplace this week? Betting this early in the week. He, put, he posted maybe, his parlays on Tuesday morning. And, I think a little bit. I think, And usually I think he posts he them on Saturday, so it's like... It feels I wonder like he's sitting on the beach like in Ali's Cuba. Crap. I feel like that may have happened. <laughs> sitting on the beach in Cuba, he's looking at his phone, looking at the lines, being like, ha, you suckers. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, thoughts know. on this one? Yeah, I like Magni in this fight. Um, like Paul said, if you're not manhandling him like uh, like Kiesa did, he's usually in these fights and, and doing well. Uh, he's got a pretty good offensive wrestling game. Um, when he doesn't get takedowns, like he still has fairly good volume on, on the feet. I know his like strikes per minute aren't great. That, that has a lot to do with him taking guys down and not really landing that much ground and pound. Cause when, when fights are on the feet, he usually throws, um, didn't throw as much as I wanted him to against, uh, Jeff Neal last time out, but usually he's using that, using that reach, like very few fighters do when they actually have a, a good reach advantage so i expect him to to have success wherever this goes if, if he, he can get griffin down i think he he does well uh i think he can for the most part stuff griffin's takedowns if he tries to be offensive and then on the feet i think he can just jab him to death like he usually does and and use his much better cardio to to win a three-round decision so i put him in a unit and a half uh, parlay, and then I also took him uh, by decision at plus 100 for a unit because Griffin is a tough guy. Magni doesn't really finish guys, so that uh, that number seemed cheap at the time compared to the to the money line. Yeah, I was, I was just scrolling back through Magni's old odds, and this one really is the the outlier. Um, the only other time he was a favorite around this size was against Robbie Lawler, and you know mm. Robbie Lawler was done at that point so it, it was kind of safe to to bet magni in that spot um but every other time he's been like a slight dog or just about even money uh so this feels a, a little weird uh for some reason the uh, the jeff neal line isn't showing up in the the best fight odds archive so i don't see what that is at hand but i like magni here as well uh, i think if this starts to creep up um i know that Bet 365 was was hanging a, a Griffin 240 out there still, um, even just as we were recording. And decision was like plus 500. I think this fight's going to decision either way. 
<clears throat> I think it depends if it's going to be more striking or grappling based. If it's more striking, it's going to be very, very close. If it's grappling, it, it's going to be Magni. Even if he's not getting the takedowns, he's one of those guys that can really control the clinch. And I think he can do that against Griffin. I don't think there's a lot of urgency that we usually see from Max Griffin in fights in general. So Magni decision, don't hate that even money decision prop, but uh, I, I probably going to stay away from this one at the price uh, at this point. Magni close plus 160 to Jeff Neal. Thank you. You guys tried to talk me into betting Jeff Neal on that one, I think. Yeah, or made fun of me for betting Magni. Either way, no, that um, was a Magni Medov right there. That was a smart play. Magni Medov, my hero. Um, kicking off the main card, lightweight division, we have Mark H. Diocese because it's the month of March. I don't know if you're gonna you know, bet against him in this one. It's gonna be a tough spot uh, during Lent. Everything is it still Lent? Lent's until Easter, right? You Lent betcha. Until Easter. Yep. Yeah, I don't understand your your Christian stuff. Us Jews just do a week. Like we're we walked for forty years. We're just taking a week for our. Uh, we we did enough. The ancestors did enough for us. But he's taking on everybody's favorite man from the holidays, Slava Cold Soup, the the Borscht Man himself. Uh, this is this is fun. Uh, I think this fight. Could be kind of fireworks just because of what Slava brings to the table. And it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Dakisi can handle it. Paul? Yeah, this one's uh, this one's an interesting fight. I was initially kind of leaning towards a play on Dakisi. And then I rewatched him versus Raphael Alves. And I was oh. a little bit less in- inclined to go about doing that. Um, I used to struggle with like a lot of these... Dana White contender series guys. I know they did have his first fight in the UFC against Dakota Bush, but really that was basically just an extension of Dana White contender series. As far as I'm concerned, he hasn't fought a real UFC fighter yet. Um, He looks, he looks like a finisher. He looks dangerous. This is a big step up in competition. Dia Casey's the dog. Um, It's a fight that I was considering earlier in the week, kind of lost that number. I don't think I'm going to get there, but uh, Dee Casey always shows up in really good shape, so I don't really know what I'm waiting for. Um, I'm leaning towards the dog, though. I think he's fought the better level of competition. That was a bad a bad timeout against Rafael Alves, but uh, at least he was like relatively competitive against Rafael Fiziev. If this takes place on the feet the entire time, as I think most people expect it to, it could be a lot closer than it could be kind of like a 50, 50 fight. So if I was forced to bet it, I'd probably take bone crusher, but it's a pass for me. Sean. Dyke, he's kind of fought up to his competition. I feel like lately. Uh, and then I don't know what happened in that, uh, Alves fight. He just got ran over. Um, I guess those things can just happen sometimes. You just have a bad performance and somebody just cracks you and, and bad shit happens. Um, he's a fairly skilled fighter. I, I just feel like he hasn't he hasn't really put it all together, hasn't really shown, I think, what he truly can be. I don't know if he ever will. Um, like Paul, I, it's tough to, to get a read on some of these contender series fighters because a lot of times they're crushing cans. And then even this time, he, he got a, a pretty... Pretty easy layup in his first UFC fight. So I don't know how good the cold soup is. 
I'll pick the the more veteran guy as a dog in Toutmaster, but maybe Taikisi falls apart again and the, the cold soup just runs him over. I actually took a little shot on, on Taikisi here. I, I missed the plus 160s and plus 165s that were out there, but I, I got some plus 145, and I think the, the Fizia fight makes me feel more comfortable about that because... If he gets his head stuck in a guillotine, this dude will tap in the most frantic way you've ever seen in your life. Uh, but I don't think that, that Cold Soup has a, a guillotine on him. He's got a hell of a left hook, whether it's to the body or upstairs, um, and seems to have like some good pressure and, and volume. I'm not sure how well that's going to play against Akisi, though, because Akisi's got... I think the better kicking game in this spot, I think if it turns into just like a range striking contest, that it's going to be competitive. Uh, like Fiziev fight was competitive. Don't really know what the cardio's like out of Slava. Um, and and Daikisi's always shown pretty good cardio. He's wrestled. He's taken down like guys who are tough to take down, like Lando Venata. So I think he can take down Slava in this spot. So I think it's competitive on the feet. I think Daikisi has a pretty decent grappling advantage. So I ended up taking the, the plus 145 in this spot. I think there's still some plus 140s out there, but uh, those are seem to be disappearing quickly. So hopefully I'm not on the public landslide that gets killed on this fight. <laughs> Heavyweight division up next. This is, uh, this is a fun one. It's just a fun one. There's, there's no important repercussions of this fight but we got alexei olenek and his 700 career fights against the horse lord hiller latifi and uh you know the 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 boa against the the horse dude i mean what's gonna win paul yeah this one's uh this one felt like a personal attack from the ufc matchmakers on me because i love both of these guys right and like alexi it's been like it's been hard watching the last few fights, but you know what? Against Spivak, it wasn't all that painful. Like he's an old man. He probably shouldn't be in there anymore, but against Spivak, it was like, it was a respectable loss. Uh, Latifi's really tough to back, particularly at like minus 200, which is where it's moved at this point. It's really tough to back him because if he's not getting takedowns, and just holding position. That's really all you can really ask from him because he doesn't really land all that much ground and pound. Um, when he's standing, he's throwing probably the least amount amount of strikes of anybody in UFC history. Like 10 significant strikes over the course of 15 minutes against Derek Lewis is like hilarious. <laughs> now, most of the time, it was his game plan of take him down and lay him pray like, he doesn't have a neck, so it's going to be tough for um, for Alexi to do any sort of submissions, pull off any sort of submissions. But minus two hundred, it's just like I'm I'm not getting there. I'm going to enjoy this fight from uh, from the fact that I love both of these dudes, but and I think it's great matchmaking because like Latifi isn't exactly a potent finisher most of the time. He hasn't finished anybody since Sean O'Connell in like light heavyweight, which is still probably a division more than Latifi should be fighting at. Um, and that was years ago. And that Sean O'Connell's like the, the broadcaster for PFL. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he's beaten up on broadcasters. 
he hasn't finished anybody in a long time. I think it's good matchmaking for Alexi because it, it's fair. He's not going to get absolutely washed by some top heavyweight. Like if they put him in there with like Tom Aspinall, it would be painful. They put him in there against like Pavlovich, like my God, like bury his body. This is a good little test, but I, I'm kind of expecting a really boring, drawn out Latifi lands takedowns. Alexi is happy to just fight off of his back, throw up the odd submission, but Latifi doesn't have a neck. So we go to the scorecards and it's like 29-28 Latifi. I don't think I could bet it, though, at minus 200 because the guy just doesn't throw strikes. That's fair. Sean? I know Alexi is 44 going on 73 in fight years. Um, But this is a matchup where... Latifi is going to try to go where Olenek has the best chance to win. He's going to, he's trying to lay on him. He's going to try to grapple him. And I understand Latifi does not have a neck. He's never been subbed. Man, it's, it's still kind of lower level heavyweights. And Olenek's got that weird ass scarf hold. You never know. That old man's strength may be able to to squeeze that neck somehow, some way, and and get Latifi to tap out. I just they're they're both not not great. They're not good, and Latifi's gonna try to push the push the grappling, and so that means a Linux not getting laid the fuck out. Latifi could still land a shitty <laughs> overhand and and knock him out, but. Generally, I think this is going to be on the ground or in tight. And in that game, I think it's close. Uh, I took a half a unit on Olenek at like plus 175. And for shits and giggles, I took uh, a half a unit on uh, sub at plus 350. So I have the least reliable round robin in history on this card. It's got Maya Decision, as I said. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that it has McMahon inside the distance because there was Perfect. plus 550 at uh, Dimes. The third leg of that uh, is a Linux by decision. Plus because, 650, yeah. Um, at the time that I got it, it was a little higher. Um, I, I got some plus 800 on oh, that. Wow. Jesus. Um, so, I, I mean, we know that Latifi's not going to throw strikes. He doesn't throw strokes. So he'll get some takedowns. Um, he'll get tired. Honestly, it's probably not going to happen because we're in Ohio and they probably value wrestling more than a guy being active from the bottom. But I could see Alinek winning around from the bottom in this one. I could see if they stay on the feet, Latifi's not going to throw anything and Alinek will win the striking. I, I honestly believe it doesn't result in him getting knocked out. He's going to win in striking in this fight. So uh, a Linux by decision plus 800 is the third leg of the round Robin. I don't have any other bets on this fight because it's crazy. And Latifi's probably going to win by laying on him, but uh, man, that, that price was just a little too much for me to pass up. So that's the only thing I've got there. And then we're going to move on and we'll get to the, the last leg of the round Robin in a couple fights. It is not in this next fight where Askar Askarov is taking on Kaikara France. Um, good one in the flyweight division. Important for the title picture. 
Oh, wait, no, it's not, because uh, Figgy and Moreno are just going to fight each other 17 more times in a row, and nobody yeah. else is ever going to get a title shot. Um, but it's a good fight nonetheless. Paul? I don't think anybody, yeah. I, I'd be happy to see Figgy and Moreno fight set, best of seven at this rate, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. like Those guys are just it's magic not, together. I like, think my only problem with it is that it's it's in a row. Like, four in a row is a lot. I, I, I want to see somebody against somebody else, right? It's a, it's a pretty thin division in general, though. Like, Askar Askarov is a minus 400 favorite here. <laughs> I don't think really anywhere on earth, maybe outside of Kazuvarut, <laughs> Russia, um, I don't think he's really putting any asses in seats. So, no. Um, uh, Kaikar France is a guy that I've kind of faded a bunch, and he's like I faded him against Bontarine. I think I, I bet Cody Garbrandt too. Um, that was dumb thinking of Garbrandt coming well. down to 125, and that the chin. Oh, maybe it's because the guys down there just hit too hard. If he goes down to 125, <laughs> it'll be okay. No, 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 no. I mean. I, I said on the show this week that uh, Kaikar France was the hardest hitter at 125. Took a little bit of heat for that. I wasn't thinking. It was Monday. Obviously, Figgy. I'll, I'll give Figgy that rub. But, I mean, number two in the division is probably Kaikar France. The guy hits like a truck for a 125-pound man. Number um, two is Jessica Andrade. All right? Let's be real. Yeah, come on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica That's probably not not too far from accurate, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. Askar Askarov, very, very technical, technical striker. Probably mixes in some takedowns here. Tries to turn Kaikara France's fight into a bit of a snooze fest. I can see him winning, but minus 400. I'm not getting to it, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, uh, I'll lean towards, as a pick, I would pick askarov but i think i think the value side is actually kaikar france i'm just probably not going to get there too cowardly man you you know if paul is saying that one of these boring russians isn't the value side that you should probably be taking out alone run into the bookie and putting it down on the other side that's false that not been, financial I've been, advice i've been <laughs> i've been pretty wrong on on fading some of the uh some of them recently. Like, I bet against Saeed because I didn't think that he was a wrestler. That was wrong. I took, I took, uh, I looked like a Mukayev last week taking Cody Durden. Well, you thought that he moved to to Britain and absorbed the bad wrestling by osmosis. That's what I thought. That's, that's what, that's what I assumed. And I was completely wrong. He still had (laughs) Dagestani in his blood. We're working out the kinks of the model right now. It's a it's a process. It's all a process. It's a process. Sean, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think this is going to be a snooze fest. Uh, we haven't seen Kaikara France really wrestle or really against a, a good grappler. Uh, I guess the best would be Mark De La Rosa, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think Asgaroff is going to be able to to wrestle him, take him down. If it gets hairy at all on the feet, which I don't really think it will, I think he's just going to smother this guy. Um, I took decision at, uh, what was it, minus 110 for a unit. That's that's wild. Askarov is not a finisher. And, I mean, Kaikara France, yes, he has been clipped a couple times, but 
is Askarov going to do that? I don't think so. So I think that's a, a cheap price that I got there. I also put him in a parlay with Magny. Uh, those two together, minus 111 for a unit and a half. Yeah, I think Askarov wins this one. Um, I've lost money against both of these guys in the past a bunch of times. Um, Askarov, I, I took the shot on Joe Benavidez in the last one, which that was probably one of the worst bets I've ever made. Um, Kaikara France, I've been on the other side with Garbrand. I was on the other side with Bontarin. I'm still not exactly sure how he didn't get choked out in the first round against Bontarin in, in that Wild. fight because... I mean, the the Louisiana Swamp Man was all over him for the first few minutes of that fight. Uh, I just think that Askarov's going to be able to get takedowns if he needs them in this. And once he gets takedowns, I don't think that France has the the grappling to to deal with it. So I could see a decision. I could honestly see a late finish coming from Askarov. Um, but it is going to be sketchy for him if he doesn't decide to pursue the takedown early. Because... I think he is the the slower of the strikers. I don't think he's necessarily that much worse of a striker than, than France, but uh, I think that he could get caught a little cold coming out in this one because uh, KKF does have some speed on him for sure. But uh, Askarov is the pick. No bet for me. I, I'm not willing to lose money on either of these guys in this particular spot. Fair. Next up, welterweight division. We're uh, up to the top three. And uh, we got a wild one. Matt Brown, the immortal, 40 years old, 41 years old, 47 years old. It doesn't fucking matter. This man's been through everything. And Brian Barberena, who is somehow shockingly only 32 years old. But I, oof, yeah, I think he's got a, a worse... His body is more broken than my 70-year-old father's. So uh, we'll, we'll go with that. But this fight is interesting. I uh, I want to hear what Paul has to say. I I still haven't bet on this fight, even though we were talking about Matt Brown earlier in the week, because I'm kind of startled by, by I don't know, who's, who's betting on Barbarina after what he's done. Can I really trust on Matt Brown to, like, go and get some takedowns? Because everyone takes Brian Barberina down. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty clinical. Like, you go through his record, everybody takes him down. This is, like, one of the rare situations where Matt Brown seemingly has a wrestling advantage, but he's going to be in front of his home crowd. You know, I think he may just want to go to war. Um, and if he goes to war, I think I, I, I give him a little, uh, an edge in terms of overall power. He's going to lose in volume. Uh, can he finish Bam Bam? Cause Bam Bam is, yeah, 32 years old. This guy is an old 32 at this point. Like Matt Brown has the died oldest. times. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I still think that there's a, I, he doesn't feel as completely busted as, as Brian Barbarina who would, I mean, for our entertainment, Brian Barberina really put it all on the line. But you've seen in a whole bunch of his recent fights, like Jason Witt was rock, like rocked him on the feet a little bit and then got taken down eight times in that fight. I'm probably going to end up with money on Matt Brown at some point. But the line hasn't really moved, so I haven't felt the need to. I would Maybe i got to watch some interviews 
see if Matt Brown mentions a takedown at any time or, or go about <laughs> it that way. Because if I knew Matt Brown was going to go out there, put his, his, his singlet on, represent uh, Ohio State University and put on a, a, res- a wrestling clinic here, I, I'd be I'd be grabbing it in a second. But I think he's just going to try to put on a fight for the for the fans. And in which in which case this fight becomes a, a coin flip as it's appropriately priced. But Matt Brown from you. What about you guys? Sean? Yeah, I don't want any part of this. Uh, what made Brian Barberina a successful fighter uh, was his cardio and his ability to take damage and, and to overcome. And that durability has been faltering uh, in the last bunch of fights. So that that makes him not uh, not as good of a fighter because he, he really banks on that. I, I can't back Matt Brown uh, <laughs> at 41 years old with the the stuff that he put his body through before fighting and then during fighting. Uh, he's already retired once. I don't want any part of it. I'm picking him. Uh, I think he can, like you said, if he if he goes for takedowns, I think he makes this a, a lot easier than than it would be if he keeps it standing and, and brawls it out. Even if he brawls it out, he, he he's always been a good, a good brawler. So uh, I'll pick him. Just just don't want to have money on on that guy. Yeah, I mean, like even in his forties, Matt Brown is hurting good fighters and and giving them a test. And Brian Barberina is going life and death with the the bottom of the barrel UFC fighters. So I can get to where somebody would bet Brian Barberena. Um, I, I guess they think that he's still got some of that cardio and some of that volume and he's going to take over late in this fight and hurt Brown, but it's not like he's got a lot of power. Um, he, maybe he's smart and goes to the body. You, you've usually been able to hurt Brown to the body, but he doesn't, Matt Brown doesn't really get knocked out except by kicks and I'm not sure that Brian Barberina can lift his legs above somebody's <laughs> waist. So I'm I'm not too concerned about a, a kick KO coming. I think that Matt Brown has more power in the spot. Uh, I think he might uh, have flashbacks to the old Wonder Boy fight when, when he gave Wonder Boy the wrestling lesson early in his career. Because uh, he could easily do that to Barberina in this spot. I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't just because it's that hometown crowd. And like you said, he wants to put on a show, but I think Matt Brown's got more ways to win this fight. Even if it does turn into that sort of volume war, I think he might be more durable than Barbarina at this point. And just that ability to kind of toss him to the ground whenever he feels the need to, uh, I, I think that gives him the edge. So I will take Matt Brown here. Lance, even though he's not here, he took Matt Brown here, and Matt Brown is Munich. Gotta love the Munich. Um, last week, by the way, Munich, Bearju, sub, plus 450. That has to have us in, in the black for the year, right, Sean? Def- I would, yeah, definitely. What does Munich <laughs> mean? Because I always see um, this in Munich. <laughs> so Munich I don't really understand, is... like what it means have, have you seen the movie no the movie munich okay so there's a, a movie munich and it's 
based on the the response to the 1972 Olympics, which were in Munich, where there was like a, a bombing that happened in the the Israel uh, Olympic dorms or whatever they call them, uh, mm-hmm. where all the Olympic athletes get together and fuck, um, you know, that place. And then Israel put together this like team of uh, assassins to go around the world and hunt down and kill all the people that were responsible for the attack on the Jews. Uh, so Munich is the revenge movie for the Jews. So Munich is a revenge bet for Lance and I for all the hardships and persecution that our people have had to endure. That's possibly that, the that is that is that is some deep dark shit. But uh, <laughs> and that's what Bear Jew sub gets you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I I'd seen you guys always write in Munich, but I didn't know. Uh, that's didn't the backstory. Know, I didn't know the backstory. Now I do. It's a beautiful story of perseverance. Perseverance. That's the one I'm looking for. I mean, Matt Um, Brown is the picture of perseverance. Right? So Munich tends to be like a dude like Verju who's going to take a bunch of shots and then somebody, uh, sub somebody, or or Dubronx, or Glover, or Matt Brown, or Frankie Edgar getting his head kneed off by Corey Sandhagen uh, was a Munich once upon a time. There's... (laughs) There's a definite theme to the Munich vet since it's usually some old dudes who are very likely to get knocked out. But if they win, it's incredible. And we make some money. Co-main event of the evening, flyweight division, women's flyweight division. We have Alexa Grasso, who, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the pictures of of some of the the pre-fight stuff that she's done. No, uh, but it looks like she aged about twenty years in a year. Um, it's it was looking rough. I don't know if it's the lighting, really? if it's the weight cut, what's going on. But uh, she's. Uh... Oh, you muted yourself. You muted yourself. You muted yourself. <laughs> you muted yourself. How dare hey! Oh, still can't hear you. You, you, um, you guys hear oh, you there, we you. there we go. There we go. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Paul, I'll let you take this over while I while I fix this. I'm I'm just look. I'm scrolling through Twitter trying to find where. Uh... Oh my God! What what happened? I mean, I would assume look, that's got to be a, li- a little weight right cut. Now. She looks but ancient, right? Yeah, little little Holy. weathered. And that's from the UFC's official. Yeah. Like, yeah. This looks, Press photos. She looks, she looks like a deep fake. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I don't want to get like conspiracy on you, but like, is this actually Alexa Grasso who showed up this week? Or is that like her aunt, her like 45 year old aunt <laughs> who is showing up to throw this fight against Joanne Wood? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Look somebody into else coming and do the weight cut for her. Looks, and then, I, I thought you were being kind of rude. For a second, no. but, like she looks horrible. Yeah, she looks awful. Like that's that's only like who who cleared those photos at the UFC? That's a good question, <laughs> you, Paul. You got to think that her manager looks at that. Like she, I'm looking at an interview uh, of her this week, and she doesn't look nearly as bad. You got to think her her manager like looks at those pictures and just like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you what are you doing posting that? Like, she does look yeah. Absolutely horrendous in those photos. 
Uh, no, he did not clear those. No, he did not clear those. Uh, yeah, this one's a tricky one because I don't really want to back Joanne Wood. I think she's like over the hill, but she's like 36 years old. Um, the volume has always been good for her. Obviously, she got finished in her last fight against Tyler Santos, but I think Tyler Santos is like a top top three person in this division now um, for whatever that means. Like, I think that was a tough opponent. I think that's a good opponent, a very like an uprising opponent. Um, who had multiple pass victory, one with the power, two with like the, the ability for the takedowns, which I think opened up the power of the hands for her. Um, Grasso is still like only 29 years old. Volume is never great on the feet. So if this fight just stays standing, I'm not going to be shocked to see, you know, uh, JoJo, JoJo Wood land, land more strikes, it could be like a similar situation to how the fight played out against like Lauren Murphy, where it's like she definitely outvolumed her. The better strikes, I guess, and some takedowns were landed by Murphy. Murphy got the decision, but most people thought that Wood won the fight. Um, I'm definitely not laying the the price tag with with Grasso, but I, I thought maybe I, I watched some, when I was watching tape. I thought that she looked pretty good, like holding the fight up against the fence. Maybe she's been working on a bit of a takedown game, but if this just turns into striker versus striker, I'm not going to be surprised if it's super, super greasy, super, super close. Everyone on Twitter is claiming robbery based on what bet that they had and whether they won or lost. And uh, and Wood gets a decision just on on landing a little bit more volume. Um, I think the value side is is Wood, to be perfectly honest. What about you guys? Sean? So a little bit of weird things going on this week. There's, there's been a little bit of market manipulation on some props uh, at five dimes uh, in about three or four fights where the ghost decision in this fight moved from, what was it? Minus, it was minus 265. And then somebody with a bunch of accounts that are limited as fuck bet it. Uh, and it moved to plus 105. Wow. So yeah. I didn't know this was happening. And so I saw that. Uh, our buddy, my buddy BMR, uh, pointed it out to me, which was uh, very courteous of him. And I just kept on betting it and betting it and betting it. And I bet it back to to what I thought was a little more reasonable. Um, <laughs> they're doing that, obviously. They're, supposedly, they're trying to do that. And then they bet it a lot bigger at Bet Online because they copied their their prop prices and stuff like that. Uh, so I ruined it for this fight, but I got four units on goes to decision uh, at like minus one twelve. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's dumb. It's, it's absolutely dumb. It, it's stupid. Uh, as for this fight, like I, I think it goes to decision. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but that's just a dumb number. Um, it, Joanne would, she should not be this big of a dog, but she also crumples time after time. And is is Grasso one to 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 make her do that? I don't know if anybody needs to make her do that anymore. But as Paul said, I mean, when, when she's on the feet, uh, Joanne Wood throws a lot of volume. Uh, I think she, she could probably take down Alexa Grasso. Um, I think it's a closer fight. I don't want money on the side. I'll, I'll pick would in in Toutmaster. 
um, I think it's going to be a, a somewhat close decision. So, Sean, you know what you need to do now is uh, I'm, I'm looking through the props here, and I see that uh, 365 has Grasso inside at plus 600. So, be a n- nice easy hedge right there. Yeah, that's because uh, I don't think that that redacted wood is uh, is getting the old finish in this one. Um, I would not think so. I, I don't know what happened in her last fight. I'm not sure if she had another visit to the the Schmorshen. Um, oh, clinic. Yeah, you know it, it happens sometimes. Um, especially now she's a married woman, um, so you, you never know. But man she looked bad like there was there was not a lot of resistance happening in that fight i don't think that's going to happen with grasso i I think your goes the distance bet is pretty safe here but like paul said if this uh if this just stays on the feet if it's uh, a little range striking 15 minute sparring session the fourth leg of the round robin is oh Joanne Wood decision plus four fifty? Oh my goodness! There I mean, we that, go. That would be good for business for you. And I mean, the goes to decision, M- market manipulation insider. Sean, <laughs> Sean's got the Sean's got the the game on on lock here. I just yeah. stumbled into. I mean, I need people. I, maybe I should be using my five five dimes limited account and just betting things that are dumb. There you go. <laughs> That's you gotta you gotta market manipulate so they can bet it at uh, other places for much more money. Yeah, no, just let other people market manipulate it so you can bet it where you're limited. Or <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that's uh, I'm for tote master purposes and for that crazy round robin. I'm I'm gonna take all three women's MMA dogs and and see what happens. Uh, see that's what happens not the craziest there. thing I've ever heard. No, no, absolutely not. Ends to work out over the course of history. <laughs> like we get some really dumb women's MMA prices. Like Agapova versus Dobson is one that really oh. comes to mind. Remember Agapova was like minus twelve hundred. Pat Mayo doesn't know anything about MMA. He's just like, you guys just seem dumb saying that like this Dobson girl's gonna crumble. It's like he's like women women's MMA like seven eight to one on an underdog. He never even heard of her. Yep. He came up. He came out of that show looking like the the MMA the MMA genius. So savant. Crazier things have happened. It's worked. There's been a lot of them. A lot yep. of them. A lot of them. And another division where there's been a lot of those is the heavyweight <laughs> division, which is where our main event is. Curtis Blades, Big Dukakis, Chris Dukakis, um, wrestler striker. I know they say that Dukakis has a, a black belt. We've never seen it anywhere, even on the regional circuit. So when he gets taken down in this fight, and I know, I know, Paul, you're going to talk about the stats bros who say that he's never been taken down in the history of the universe. Uh, <laughs> so he can't possibly be taken down here. Well, the stats uh, won't lie. <laughs> but when he gets taken down, what happens? Uh, and I think we're going to find out the answer to that question. What do you think it is, Paul? I think size is going to matter. Chris, uh, Chris Dukakis, big Dukakis, is, you, you what, a 235-pound heavyweight? 
And I think Curtis Blades is going to be tipping the scales close to the heavyweight limit at 265. He came out at 261 last time. And I think once he gets a hold of him, he should be able to take him to the ground. He is definitely more tentative on the feet. He could 100% get clipped. I, I took a stale number with him and Minot Fioro early in the week. But, like, as the week goes along, it's like Big Dukakis could land a hammer, could <laughs> not send him to the shadow realm. I don't think – I don't – I think Dukakis is more of a – is more of a speed and volume kind of striker who just happens to have taken on lower-level competition, you know, finishing Parker Porter – Rodrigo Nascimento and, you know, the corpse of, of my man, Alexi Olenek, like Mm -hmm. finishing those guys in round one is one thing. You gotta, you gotta lay land an absolute heater to put blades out, but it has happened many times before. Um, As the price kind of inflates, like how, how risky do you really want to be? Blades' chain is always going to be a liability. I think we have to accept that at this point. But I think once Blades gets a hold of him, he's going to be able to ragdoll him. Yeah, the stats bros are in shambles breaking down this. I, I I assume that the line was just going to go the other way. If if you can just look at stats and don't have to watch tape, I figured, you know, well, they just look at the stats. Oh, Doc has never been taken down. He's a better striker than Blades. Game over. Win for uh, win for Dawkins, but no, obviously, seriously. Once Blades gets a hold of him, I think he's going to be able to take him down and kind of smash away at will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this like gets what's what is the over under on this priced at right now? Two and a half. Yeah, two and, two and, and a half. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised for this over. to get to the over. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Blades takes him down, minds his p's and q's, literally just sits in guard. Throws strikes when he has to, but just like focuses on main, maintaining uh, position. Wouldn't shock me. Don't love it, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick blades. I think just 35 pounds of size matters when you're wrestling, and that's why I think it's gonna happen on Saturday night. But I won't be shocked if Dawkins lands one strike and he crumbles again because that's what happens with Curtis Blades. Sean. Yeah, I think if you're backing uh, Curtis Blades, you got to sprinkle on that over. Um, just because if if Dukakis wins, I think it's got to be fairly early. Uh, and Blades just really hasn't, especially recently, hasn't really shown any urgency in, in getting a guy out of there. And I think that could be a bit of a downfall for him. Um, he, he obviously can wrestle and... Dukakis hasn't fought anybody that can wrestle, so Blades is going to be able to take him down. There's just some red flags with Blades. He he obviously got deaded in a fight that he obviously should have won very fairly easily against Derek Lewis, and he was hesitant a bit in that Rosenstruck fight. He was kind of flinchy. I I don't know if that's just. That was just that fight, and he kind of got that out of him, and he's he's back to being a little more confident with his wrestling. We're going to find out because I think he's going to be scared from now on. So I, I just threw a sprinkle on, on Dawkins TKO at, at plus 475 for, you know, like half a unit. Um, anytime you got big power with these heavyweights, and, and Blades isn't a guy that just get, takes guys down and, and destroys them and gets them out of there. He, he gives these other guys a chances, so... Uh, the pick's going to be Blades. I think he should win, uh, but 
he could land that bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Blades is kind of safe to to close out the parlays uh, if that's the the way you want to go with this uh, on this card. I mean, it's not people are, are talking about how the chin's compromised, but it's not like he's getting knocked out by anybody. He got knocked out by Derek Lewis and and, and the Hog. Um, the hardest hitting guys probably in UFC history, the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then he was facing Rosenstroke, who has the death touch as well. So I can understand him being a little tentative in that one. I don't think that he has as much to worry about with Dawkins. Uh Like you said, once he gets his hands on him, I think he's going to get him to the ground. I don't think that he's going to go nuts uh, trying to get a finish. He doesn't do that in the first place. I mean, he doesn't have any first-round finishes in the UFC. Uh, he's probably got some outside against some bums, uh, but I, I didn't scroll that far down on the old tapology page uh, for, for this purpose. And, and even when he's losing, his only first-round loss was against the Hulk. Um, so I think he can survive a couple shots from, from Dukakis if he has to eat a couple. I think he's going to get this to the ground. If Dukakis does have this black belt that we've heard about, I mean, he's a heavyweight. He's not going to sub him from his back, but I think he could prevent himself from taking some damage. So I, I really kind of like that over angle. I might end up just playing the, the over two and a half, take that plus money. It's a little extended fatty's going to fatty. I mean, I'll just be, I'll just be rubbing my belly and, and ending the night on a high note. But I think that Blades either gets a decision I know that Dukakis has gassed earlier in his career, but he was weighing in at like 260 for those fights. Uh, He's down at 230 now. It's kind of obvious that he's taking MMA a little bit more seriously, so I don't think he's going to have the same cardio problems. So that just leans even more heavily to to that over. So I'll say Curtis Blade's decision to to take this main event, um, which, I mean, (laughs) that might not be the best viewing experience to to end Mm. the night off. Um, but I think that is the, the safe pick. And if you guys know me, you know I'm all about the safe pick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the guy well, who, run, who runs all the, the round robins and stuff. Yep. <laughs> um, that over, you probably should just wait, though, because it seems like the market, like everyone's slamming the under. Yeah, Dimes has it. They opened over two and a half rounds at minus 120. It's plus 105 now. So it's like people are liking themselves. It's a heavyweight fight, so people are – but like all of these like UFC main events seem to go the distance. So they have been an yep. absurd number of them seem to go the distance. Maybe it's the pressure of like the bright lights and I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that is a good point. I, I've got a lacrosse game that I got to go to on uh, Saturday afternoon slash evening. So I'll probably get out of that, check the lines and, and make my bet on the, the over at that point. When hopefully it's like plus 130 or something like that. But, uh, Paul, actually, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, you need to head to the nest. The, the Halifax Thunderbirds taking on the Buffalo Bandits. First place, second place in the NLL's East Division. It's going to be a good time. There, there's probably going to be a fight because they're also playing on Saturday. They got a little back-to-back going. Um, and that will be Howdy. a good introduction to you, uh, for you to Halifax lacrosse. That, I, went to some, I went to some, uh, went to some Toronto Rock games back in the game, like it's or back in the day. It's it's fun. 
It's a it's a good live sport to go to. Um, it, it is. I definitely it is. enjoyed it, and the prices for tickets are usually reasonable. Reasonable. Um, I haven't been to a Thunderbirds game, but I hear the ads on the radio all the time. So nice. I should probably Sunday afternoon. I should go check that out. What, what was the guy for? He played for Buffalo Bandits for like forever. It was like John Tavares is like uncle, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he's also John Tavares. John he's Tavares, yeah. Buffalo, who's coming. Oh, he's, now he's a coach because he was yeah. like the legend of the league for forever. Yep. Yep. He's the the all time leading scorer in the league. So. Now that we can be absolutely certain that everybody's tuned out because I started talking about lacrosse, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the show for the week. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. If there's anything that you want to plug, I assume anybody that's watching us knows about the Dog and Pat's yeah. podcast, but plug away, do do all your bits. And I know you guys got like codes and stuff because you're you're real and professional in this shit but uh the floor is yours my man i don't have any codes to plug to be perfectly honest <laughs> I got that oh yeah check, check out dogger pass podcast follow me on twitter so cody will share some video um of how he made a hundred thousand dollars i mean he probably shouldn't have said that on twitter he, pro- he should have just said a look- shit ton of money <laughs> yeah but you know hopefully the cra is not watching um but it, oh, do you you work for this? Oh God! Yep, he does. <laughs> That's probably why he invited me on this show tonight to get recent wheels. We're collecting, collecting evidence for the tax season is upon us. Um, <laughs> yeah, follow Dogger Pass Podcast at Dogger Pass Pod uh, and follow me on Twitter at Paul Shag. It was a pleasure being on the show. Long time listener, uh, first time. Uh, provider of content with you so it was a good time to uh step in up and in with you guys we appreciate you saving our our bacon at the last minute uh sorry that it is so late now on the east coast uh um, east east but uh you know we we very much uh appreciate your presence here and uh maybe, maybe we'll get the, the paul shag bump on the analysis this week we'll see but that is going to do it for us Thank you. We'll see you next week. Actually, we won't see you next week. There's a break. Uh, We'll see you the week after that for a fucking awesome party. Yep.